0: Life Audio.
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. That was a terrible ghost. I know it. It's, uh, it was really bad. I was bad. trying. I was trying. I, it, I don't know
2: why ghosts are always like tenors or something, but...
1: I don't know that they are. <laughs> Yours was... That was terrifying.
2: It was just horribly executed. Yeah, That's that was
1: awful. like Tiny Tim snuck in the room and was like whispering from the corner. That was terrifying.
2: Uh, here I am tiptoeing through the tulips. <laughs> so, Zach, what are we talking about today?
1: Guys, it's spooky season. We're talking about Halloween... And whether that's biblical or not, and what Halloween is. And, and just if it's... how bad
2: we can imitate ghosts.
1: Yes, and just how bad we can, well, just how bad Randy can imitate ghosts. <laughs> but first, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, so, Randy, do you promise to do no more ghost impersonations? I will do
2: no more ghost impersonations, (laughs) I promise, ever again in my entire life.
1: All right, that's fair. Well, I mean, you don't have to, that's kind of like... With you. Okay, (laughs) that was a lot of skin in the game, you know, like, I, I swear this off forever, like it wasn't that bad, it just, you know... I may still at some point have small grandchildren in the future, and I will definitely attempt to scare them with my spooky ghost voice. It was spooky. I'll give you that. But I don't know in the ways that you think. Um, All right, y'all. Halloween. That's what we're talking about today. Not just Halloween. We were like, let's do like a catch-all episode of like Halloween, haunted houses, witches and Everything all that, you know, magic. Yeah. Like, Cause I mean, that, that's kind of what gets attributed to this time of year is it's kind of like the, the mystical time of year. At least that's how like every pagan group oh, yeah. ever saw yeah. it, or at least in this hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A couple of weeks ago we did an episode where we actually talked about things that we were seeing in contemporary culture. That really are kind of throwbacks to paganism and the worship of of uh uh gods and deities, this kind of but not really kind of is the reverse of that uh things that are out there that the church might commonly say, "Oh, that's bad, that's evil."
1: What if you really look at it? It's not so much. Well, pause. Okay. You got to be careful there because we could have just lost half the viewership like that. Because they're like, oh, they're saying it's all fine. No, we're not. It's not all fine. But let's take a look at all these things with equal scales. Let's be fair. That's all I'm asking. Let's be biblically fair. And so let's not just go off of our own preconceived notions that all things that have a pumpkin attached to them are of the devil. That's all I'm asking we do here. Right, right, right. Um, Let's give this a fair go. Um, And I think we start with what is Halloween. Okay, good. Because I mean, that's for for us here in America, Halloween is the big one. Right. Is Halloween big in other countries?
2: No, I didn't think so. Not at all. In fact, so in Colombia. Um, uh, maybe in grand part because it is a Catholic country like most other Latin American countries, and I'm pretty sure most other Latin American countries do this as well. They don't have Halloween. They have children's day, the day of the children. And the idea of the day of the children is that you dress up, not necessarily as something spooky, but you, you put on a costume, you walk around and people give you candy. I mean,
1: in a lot of ways, that's, that's the same thing.
2: Oh, definitely. And definitely influenced by North American culture bleeding over into their culture through television advertisements. And hey, guess what? Candy makers in Colombia see a chance to make a buck too. So they say, hey, we need this holiday. But we're not going to call it Halloween. There are other cultures, though, where, like in Mexico,
1: it is full-blown. It's the Day of the Dead. Which is full-blown the direction we don't want to go in. Right. 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 Yeah. I think we come back to Day of the Dead. Okay. And I so I actually heard, I don't even know when he made this video. I, I hope it wasn't just like days ago, but I heard a Mike Winger video on this and I thought he killed it. I thought he okay. nailed it. Um, it was the fairest take on Halloween yeah. that I've heard. Yeah. And I can just summarize it real quick and we can kind of talk about what he said. Okay. And then we can, you know, do our own thing. But basically he said, you know, when you look at the roots of Halloween, it's not good. It isn't good. It starts as paganism from the Gaelics. Right. And basically um, we'll read through kind of the history of what Halloween is. We'll get to that um, or where it came from, you know. Uh, But it was like the christianization of a pagan holiday basically um that we that we took uh or, or sorry that all hallows eve or all hallows day all saints day is the right. christianization of a pagan holiday which would have been saw we'll get around to all that but um we kind of look at halloween and go oh it's evil um and it it was, you know, it definitely was. And at its roots, it is. And even still today, there are a lot of groups of people that use it for evil purposes. Satanists doing crazy stuff on Halloween. Um, there are, you know, Wiccan and pagan groups doing crazy rituals and stuff on Halloween. But the way 90% of the United States is viewing Halloween is it's a little kid wearing a sheet with some eye holes cut out of it or dressed as a doctor, or dressed as a cowboy, or dressed as whatever, right. going door-to-door to go get some candy. candy. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not evil. That's just a kid that wants <laughs> some candy. Like, that's cute. Like, he's got a stupid little costume on. That's funny. You know? Like, that's okay. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Um, And so those were kind of the two ways he was looking at it. But then he brought in a third way that I thought was really, really... Well done, because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought this and I'm glad he brought it up. But there are a lot of people that come from cultures that do embrace the darker side of Halloween. Like, say somebody came out of Wicca or somebody came out of a pagan background or say um, somebody came from a Mexican culture where the Day of the Dead is huge, where they're literally basically performing necromancy. Or, or, I mean, celebrating necromancy. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And that's condemned biblically. That's wrong. So say somebody from a Mexican background walks away from the Day of the Dead and says, yeah, I'm not going to have any part of that. And then they move to America and then we're having Halloween. That may freak them out. And so it kind of turns into the whole don't eat sacrificed meat in front of somebody that sees it as more than just meat. You know what I mean? Like, like, don't don't do something that's going to cause a brother or sister to stumble. Right. And Halloween can most certainly be that. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this is a this is a much grayer issue than I think we make it. We want to outright condemn it or we want to outright say, oh, that's stupid. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think it is an absolute case by case. How do you celebrate Halloween? And – are you careful of what it looks like when you do and who it's in front of? So it's
2: more about what you bring to it yeah, than it is about the day itself.
1: Well, aren't most things, though? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Christmas is great, but how many people make it all about presents and Santa? Right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly, yes, yes. Like, which, which is also evil.
2: You know, pres- well, <laughs> well, presents are okay, and let- Santa Claus is actually a saying. Right. But the commercialism.
1: It, when you make it all about yes. Santa Claus
2: and presents and you neglect Jesus. Even even drop the name Christmas and exchange it for holidays. <laughs> right. Well, that's the new
1: PC version. Right. But yeah, 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 yeah. that's that's the next step. You're right. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of Winger's view. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that for in a lot of ways. Sir, so we did. Yeah, I think that's the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, No, I want to dive in and I want to kind of look at these things. So what is Halloween? All right. So what is Halloween? Mm -hmm. Halloween started as the Celtic Gaelic festival of Samhain. You've probably heard it pronounced Samhain. A lot of people will say that, but the word is actually Samhain. It's just spelled like Samhain. Um, And basically... Um, I'll give you I'll give you the Wikipedia version because I think they do a pretty good job, honestly. Um, it says the early literature says that Samhain was marked by great gatherings and feasts, and was when the ancient burial mounds were open, which were seen as portals to the other world. Some of the literature also associates Samhain with bonfires and sacrifices. The festival was not recorded in detail until the early modern era. It was when cattle were brought down from the summer pastures. And when livestock were slaughtered, Uh, as at Beltane, special bonfires were lit. These were deemed to have protective and cleansing powers, and there were rituals involving them. Like Beltane, Samhain was, or sorry, Samhain was a liminal or threshold festival when the boundary, uh, boundary between this world and the other world thinned, meaning the AOC or the spirits or fairies could more easily come into our world. Most scholars see the AOC as remnants of pagan gods. Okay, as... what, what is the AOC? I'm not familiar with that term. That's that's It's spirits or fairies. Okay. That's what in Samhain they would refer to the spirits or fairies as. But AOC
2: doesn't stand for something? AOC.
0: Oh, not
2: Alexandria
1: uh, o- Octate. What is it? Al- Alpha Omicron. Uh... No, well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what A- AOC, that's also Alexandria Cortez, the, the senator. Oh, okay. <laughs> everybody calls her AOC. No, okay. no it's like a, a O S word S-I, S I. Aos. Aos. Yeah, okay. Aos. Aos. Gotcha. Aos. Yeah. But it's spirits okay. or fairies. And I've never heard of that before. I haven't either, but I have, I guess I was kind of familiar with, You know, this is probably where, like, grim fairy tales—a lot of the fairies and stuff—started trickling into the stories. And okay. It's probably from Celtic okay. background, okay? Because, like they said here, it's it's the remnants of pagan gods. That the gods were no longer gods; they were like fairies. Which, sure, that makes sense. They're like these people from another dimension that come through, right? Okay. Um. So at Salwin, they were appeasing. Uh. Let's see here. At Samhain, they were appeased, the the fairies or the spirits, with offerings of food and drink to ensure the people and their livestock survived the winter. The souls of dead kin were also thought to revisit their homes seeking hospitality, and a place was set at the table for them during a meal, which is very much like the Day of the Dead, right?
2: To be honest, I don't know very much about the Day of the Dead.
1: Day of the Dead, they usually set like – I'm not going to profess to be a – expert on this but they would usually set up like altars and they would leave little trinkets and food and gifts for their loved ones and then their loved ones were said to like walk the streets of you know mexico or wherever they're celebrating this and they would come back by the homes and go to the little altars and so it's kind of similar in that manner or it seems to me um and if you're an expert on these things and i just butchered that send us an email and, and correct me please um But the souls of the dead kin were also thought to revisit the home seeking hospitality and a place was set at the table for them during a meal. Mumming and guising were part of the festival from at least the early modern era. I don't know what that means whereby people went door to door in costumes. costumes. Yeah, costumes, there you go. Yeah. Reciting verses in exchange for food. The costumes may have been a way of imitating and disguising oneself from the spirits and fairies. Divination was also a big part of the festival and often involved nuts and apples. In the late 19th century, John Rise and James Fraser suggested it had been the Celtic New Year, but that is disputed. Um, Basically, in the 9th century, the Western church... Uh, endorsed the 1st of November as All Saints Day. That's what I was right. talking about yep. is the yep. Christianization part. Um, this is possibly due to the influence of Alcuin? Alcuin? I don't know. And the 2nd November later became All Souls Day. Um, and so, really what you got here is a end of harvest festival. Okay. And it's the day where the border between our world and the other world is supposed to be veil uh, like the most thinly veiled so the okay. fairies and stuff can get through and that's why they open up all the tombs so they can come okay. through and they're making their 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 uh basically sacrifices to yeah. these yeah. deities
2: so uh do you remember uh the film Fantasia yeah yeah it's a classical music uh, set to cartoons. Yeah. And uh, one of the pieces in there, uh, one of the sets is remsey Korsakov, Night on Bald Mountain. Yeah. Night on Chernabob. Bald Mountain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Night on Bald Mountain is uh, about uh, All Saints Day. And oh, really? And Halloween. Yeah. So that's why you get the beginning of it is all uh, this uh, sort of... Uh, Tumultuous, <laughs> and it's it's all about uh, the evil spirits uh, running around on All Hallowed Even, Halloween, and then you reach a point in the song where you hear the church bell, dong, and everything becomes calm, and the orchestra plays a very quiet, uh, reverent song at the very end well that's midnight came and uh all saints day started and the saints came and drove the demons away that's what that whole piece is about really yeah okay
1: yeah that's so that kind of tells the
2: story of halloween there
1: yeah that's that's wild um yeah i so I forget when this came about, but I'd actually come across that. The reason I, I said Chernobog, that's the big demon that stands on top of the mountain oh, in the night on Bald Mountain. Okay, and yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. Slavic god of night. Okay, and so he's basically the representation of nighttime. He gotcha. comes out when gotcha. once it gets dark, right. which makes sense for the picture, yeah. but. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a tie there, so I just Googled it, and I was like, what does that have to do with it? But nothing. Okay. It's just okay. a stupid just Disney one thing. Of the, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: At least that's their take on it, and I suspect that that's what Rimsey Korsakov had in mind.
1: So, on a on a Sparknotes sort of version here, is Samhain evil? Hmm. Sounds like it is it's pretty evil, yeah, yeah, it's pretty
2: evil, I mean, they're opening <laughs> up tombs, yeah, and uh sacrificing animals, absolutely, and, uh
1: yeah, it's bad, interesting, don't partake in Samhain. <laughs> don't don't make sacrifices to the fairies, okay, that's bad, ooh, weird connection here, so I went to ball state, uh chirp, chirp. And um, (laughs) that was the first time I went to college. Did not go well. Uh, But the Ball Brothers that make, like, ball mason jars. Yeah. That's how Ball State started. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Wow, you're getting a history lesson. Yeah. So anyways, they've all got houses over there that they used to live in. And so, like, there is a bunch of area, like, dedicated that – you know, they would have their houses built or whatever. And it's now kind of like, almost like museum territory. Yeah. But one of the guy's daughters would go out and build like these little, like, I want to say she'd build these little houses and stuff and put them in like the woods around their house because she said the fairies in the woods would talk to her. Oh my goodness. And it's like a thing that, uh, I forget what the place is called. Hold on a second. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, like a museum sort of around the the school miniatrista that's what it is and every year now they hold this thing called fairies sprites and lights and they let all of these like um lanterns off into the air and they all float up and stuff and it's like a big thing but like when you when you step back and you think about that you're like well that's a little weird. Like that's kind of eerie. Yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. like yeah. that. That that seems sketchier than what we're doing on Halloween dressing up like a little cowboy and going and getting candy. Now I understand that there is a connection between uh like Samhain with the way it said they would dress as you know whatever these these disguises and go ask for food. Right. But if you've lost the why Right, Like today, a little kid, like, okay, in Samhain, you're dressing up, going to get food so you can go give it to the spirits, right? That's the whole idea. A little kid today is not dressing up asking for candy so they can go give it to some spirit. They're asking for candy so they can go pig out <laughs> watching cartoons later that night. You know and what I mean? And
2: they'll beat the snot out of you if you try to take that candy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that from experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess what I'm saying here is, like, even if something shares the roots, and this is something I've been wrestling with a lot lately, like, like God, God can take something bad and turn it into something fine. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm not saying, like, that you should – let me say this. If you as a Christian go, I don't feel comfortable practicing Halloween, that's fine. Sure. Good on you. Yeah. But this also doesn't seem like the kind of grounds – Upon which you can condemn somebody for letting their kid dress up as a doctor or a cowboy or whatever and go ask for some candy. Right. Because if that's all they're doing, if they're not looking at this and going, yes, we're going and doing this because we're practicing the day of Solomon, You know, like that's different. That's a bad thing. But to just go get candy, who cares? So
2: two things here. Um, uh, in the Old Testament, we have, I believe it is five festivals that in the book of uh, leviticus they're they're laid out for the israelites to follow the five festivals follow uh the timing of pagan festivals that were going on at the same time right they were intended to substitute for those festivals uh, that's the one thing i was teaching on that in colombia and uh mentioned this to my students and they said oh, we do that too. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, Carnaval. Uh, Colombia on the coast has a big history of Carnaval. Uh, Carnaval is uh, basically a a Mardi Gras and uh, it's a time when people would just have this massive binge drinking party with all kinds of scantily clad people dancing around. Fat and Tuesday, man. You better believe it, and and very much so. They said what the churches did is they would organize their youth retreats during the week of Carnaval. Right. And specifically, their idea was, let's leave. Let's go someplace else. We'll get a camp, and we'll send all of the kids to the camp and they'll go there and have a great time instead of being at home twiddling their thumbs while their friends are out in carnaval and they're thinking well maybe it wouldn't be so bad if i went well, right. that is great that is exactly what the old testament is doing they substitute one thing for another the thing that they are substituting for is evil what right. they put in its place is either good or Neutral. Neutral. It's just something. And in this case, sending your kids out dressed up like a bumblebee or right. or a ballerina right. to get some candy, as long as you monitor how much candy they're eating,
1: that night. right? Yeah, I mean, you could be endorsing the gluttony of your child, which also isn't good. You, know? <laughs> you like, could be supporting yeah. your local dentist. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. You yeah. Know. But <laughs> to a point. Um. Yeah. No, I think you're right, and like it it's the same today right we we god can take something bad and and turn it into something you know neutral or even good and here's the deal i'm not saying i'm not going to sit here and defend halloween cuz i get it right if you if you're the kind of person that's like no i don't want this for my family great that's your choice but we need to show grace and understand if somebody else can look at it and go well it's just meat to me it's not meat sacrifice right. to a god right. to me and if my kid wants to go get candy i'm going to let my kid go dress up as a raptor and go get candy you know what right, i mean yeah. like whatever cool um i i think we divide over this too much uh, this is one of those things that can cause division among brothers and sisters and it's like if if your if your friends are sacrificing goats to Satan on Halloween, you should probably confront them on the issue, most definitely. Um if they're just sending their kids to the neighbors to grab some candy, that's a different story. And that's yeah. all we're trying to say here. Yeah. Um interesting side note.
2: October thirty first is not only Halloween, it's also Reformation Day.
1: It is Reformation Day.
2: It is the day when supposedly Martin Luther nailed 95 Theses on the door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg. So there's the connection with All Saints Day. It would have been a huge festival for that church. So what better time to nail your 95 Theses to the door than the night before everybody comes to church, to the All Saints Church on All Saints Day. So
1: everybody gets a chance to read it. Interesting. Yeah. He was somewhat of a controversial figure, wasn't he? He, he yeah. <laughs> like, just an interesting guy. Like, fun. Have you ever seen a kid dressed up like Martin Luther for uh, Halloween? I can't imagine it would be a great costume. I mean, it'd be a great <laughs> costume. Yeah. But it'd, it'd be scary.
2: It'd, it'd be strange.
1: Yeah. I don't think
2: anybody would get it.
1: Yeah, also, like, I don't know that, like, your little kid should be, like, drunk wandering the streets either. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't seem good either. Yeah. That's my one dig on Martin Luther, <laughs> but he's hilarious. I can't help it. Um. Yeah, so, it, yeah, so we've covered what was Halloween, what do we do now, Um. are they the same? No, not for most people. For some people, sure, and that's bad, yeah. Um. but – and then, you know, we talked about how if somebody – um comes from a culture where they're really sensitive to this and this bothers them. Well, don't talk about it around them or don't don't go trick-or-treating with them. You know what I mean? Like right. be sensitive to the needs of your brothers and sisters. Don't cause them to stumble, and that matters too. Yeah. But what about things that happen around Halloween? I got thinking about this. Um like haunted houses.
2: Okay, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Cuz like here's a, so I don't think most people know this. Do you know where haunted houses started? I have no clue. The church. Really? Now, hold on. Let me make sure that I'm that I'm right on this. It It may not be the beginning of haunted houses in their truest form. Like maybe somebody was doing this like hundreds of years ago. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But like in our modern times, from the way I understand it, that it was started by the church and they called them hell houses. And the point oh, well. was you would go in and they would scare you into salvation. <laughs> that was the whole point. You would go in and they'd have like a car crash scene where like
0: oh there's two goodness. drunk drivers
1: and now they're dead at the wheel or like it would be like a, you know, teen pregnancy thing. Or it would be like a, like they would just do all these scenarios to scare yeah. you out of them so that you would then accept Jesus. And so that's kind of the wow. beginnings of like the modern haunted house kind of got going by the church. Now, is that a great way of evangelization? (laughs) Probably not. I was just gonna say, I wonder if that worked for him. (laughs) I doubt it. I well, I don't know. It was like the you know 40s, 50s. Maybe it it did. You know. But um so I, I guess my thing is like people probably don't know this about me. I worked uh in haunted houses for like 10 years. You told
2: me that you uh have a certain skill at uh putting makeup on people to make them look
1: like well i'm also a cosmetologist by license so like i had that (laughs) under my belt too so yeah well it's really funny uh it's the opposite now here's the understand this folks Uh, i did not choose cosmetology my parents owned a cosmetology school and so when i turned 16 they said you can get a job at McDonald's, or you can get your license in cosmetology, so you've always got a job to fall back on. And I said that one, that one, (laughs) Um, and so I did. And honestly, it's been great. It's super paid off. Uh, I barbered for. Hey, and Zach is good. Um, but makeup in haunted houses—it was kind of crazy because it's the—it's all the rules of like doing beauty makeup, but the opposite. Like in beauty (laughs) makeup, if you want like your eye drawn to something, you want to paint like you want it to be lighter yeah. right so if okay. you want like the bone structure to show the bone structure needs to be a little bit lighter than everybody else um and so like it's kind of the same concepts but you just go like to the umph degree in the haunted house because you want them super gaunt so i'm gonna make your cheekbones really white and everything else super dark so you just look like drained in between <laughs> right and that's like a zombie or whatever now here's the deal I don't really do all that anymore. (laughs) And I went to a haunted house a couple years ago because I hadn't been in a long while. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Ah, maybe we'll go to a haunted house. And I went through and I just felt icky the whole time. Like it was so gory and there was language. And like, I just didn't, I don't know, man, I felt kind of gross. And I'm not condemning haunted houses. Once again, I think this is another case by case matter. You need to do your research on what haunted house you're going to, and I will tell you, most haunted houses I've been to, as somebody that was in that industry for years, um, and that was kind of back when my salvation was questionable, I'll say that. Right, I, right. I don't think I was right with God in those days, um, and I'm not equating those two things, but they just so happen to be happening at the same time. Um, I think there are family-friendly haunted houses. Okay. They're totally out there, but you got to look for them, and they're like just cutesy little shows, and – you know, you have like a big cartoony Frankenstein walking around or something. Oh, that's kind of funny, you know, Um, versus like dismembered people, which is what <laughs> you see in most of them. And that's not good. Like, we don't need to subject ourselves to those things. And so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, not all things Halloween are bad, but you need to be careful what you participate in yeah, at Halloween yeah, yeah. as well. Um, once again, not condemning all haunted houses, but there's a lot of stuff in haunted houses that aren't okay.
2: Where do you stand on like spooky movies?
1: Oh, that one's so hard because like, once again, scary movies have a, like a special place in my heart Yeah. because it's fun to be scared. Yeah. But then there's a line. Right. And like, there are movies that people shouldn't watch. And in fact... I'm having a harder and harder time with scary movies in my life because the, the longer scary movies are around, the further people want to push the boundaries and the darker they want to make them. And like, I guess my thing is like, whenever I pick up a scary movie, I don't know how far it's going to go. And a lot of times when I get to the end of a scary movie, I'm like, that did not benefit me in any way. In fact, I just feel worse about life. Whereas like you watch like an old scary movie like Halloween, like the original Michael Myers Mm -hmm. Halloween. Not these new ones. They're brutal. Right. But the original one, there was no blood. It was just like – it was – the whole concept was like to play on your just like – Right, right. Your emotions, right? right? And I really – I appreciated that about it that it it like kind of put the ball in your court and said just be scared. You know what I mean? And it let you kind of visualize. So – yeah, I
2: I have enjoyed movies by people like Alfred Hitchcock. Now Hitchcock is an older guy, but
1: it's the same concept. It's the same. It's what concept. you don't see that scares.
2: Exactly, that's what scares you, and and usually there's a good moral to it. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, I enjoy his movies too. Yeah, they're spooky, they're scary, but. There's not a lot of gore, and they, they started better than, decent, than they are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, something happened. Signs but was great. Signs was
1: awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: In and fact, go back with, and watch with all that movie. Twists. Go back and watch that movie from the perspective that it's not aliens, but it's demons. Everything adds up. <laughs> Everything adds up. It's the water. It's the the holy water that keeps them away. Like everything's weird about it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, yeah, okay, there, there. Are, I think there's. I think there's horror movies that aren't necessarily all that bad. Yeah. And there's ones that are terrible that no one should watch. Right. In fact, right. I have a list of movies that I have accidentally stumbled across in my day that I don't tell people about because I don't <laughs> want them to see them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the only way to keep it safe in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have, I have a really hard time saying just like broad term scary movies are. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a movie by movie basis. And I think you need to be careful. And there are ways of doing that. I mean, there are review sites that will tell you how much gore is yes, in something, how yes, bad, yes, how bad's the yes. language or their sex scenes, whatever. Like you can find that. Right. But but that's not just horror movies now. That's yeah. everything now. Yeah. You got to be careful of everything you watch on TV. So it's almost like, I don't know, just be careful what you watch in general, you know?
2: Well, you know, here at our church, we put on, uh, we used to put on Polar Express. And we did that for several years in a row. Finally, we started hearing from parents that their children were scared at certain points. And typically they were the younger kids, but uh, some of those scenes are very spooky. So we actually put on a showing where we turned the house lights on. They were dim, but uh, they were at least on, and it took some of that
1: fear away. Yeah. So. Let, uh, let me say this, too. Um like with, with horror movies, I think that there can even be a good moral found in a lot of horror movies where it's like good triumphs over evil. Right. And it's usually a rocky journey to get there. And in a lot of ways, that's not so much different from what we might read in scripture. Yeah. The difference oh is... Goodness. read the book of Revelation. It reads like a horror movie. Exactly. And that's kind of my point here is I think visually what we watch versus what we read are two different things yeah and i don't totally understand why but they are like it affects you differently to witness something versus read about something i'm sure there's
2: psychological reasons
1: why yeah and and so i would almost like because like i've always said if you made the bible into a movie it would be rated x and it would be horrible like it's got so much horror like if you had a visual image for everything written in the bible you shouldn't watch it you shouldn't watch that movie you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah. but we can read it and understand and we can kind of like but but that's because it's in your brain your brain's kind of processing this and so you can kind of filter things the way you need to um watching it you're just stuck seeing what you see yeah but um in a similar way i guess i prefer if i'm gonna like Take in something scary, I'd almost rather like read something scary or listen to like somebody tell a scary story. Yeah. Um, Generally, I find that that's way less screwed up. (laughs) That's (laughs) just my take. Um, But, you know, once again, if you're like, hey, no, scary stuff bad, cool, fine. But also, be careful to just blanket statement, look at anybody that's like, you watch scary movies, you're going to hell. It's like, yeah, that seems that's,
0: that's a like a lot, top, too. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's a lot of these things we're talking about today are going to be gray. So, one of the other things that we talked about
2: coming into this was, uh, to spread a little bit beyond Halloween, uh, talk a little bit about uh, contemporary literature. Um, uh, there are books, there are series that deal with magic in general.
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how qualified I am to get into each individual story because I haven't broken down. Like, for instance, I mean, what you're talking about here, you're looking at like Lord of the Rings. You're looking at C.S. Lewis. You're looking at Harry Potter. You're looking at things that have like wizards right. and witchcraft right. and things in it. Right. Um, I don't know that the right way of approaching this. Is to say, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. So I don't even know that we talk about literature so much as recognize that it's out there. Uh But I think we should talk about what does the Bible say about like dark forces or about witchcraft or about sorcery, about those sorts of things. And then let people come to their own conclusions on those issues yeah yeah is that fair that makes
2: great sense
1: i think that that's the safer way because i don't know enough about each of those individual movies so what does scripture say okay so biblically here are the things condemned by scripture and i think you can find all of the ones i'm going to list right now in deuteronomy and so it's in Deuteronomy, but you'll also find these things scattered about elsewhere in different verses. And there's tons and tons of verses talking about these things. But here's what they are: um, the Bible condemns charmers or the charming of things, okay? Um, divination or soothsaying. Okay. We'll go. We'll go back through and we'll talk about what each of these are. Okay. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, seeking mediums and spirits is condemned. Witchcraft is condemned interpreting signs is condemned sorcerers are condemned ones who conjure spells are condemned necromancers are condemned and wizards are condemned and i think that's all of them some of these kind of cross into one another a little okay. bit okay okay so let's go define them so here's what each of these are uh to charm something Actually, in Hebrew, when you look at the word, it means to – like literally the definition is to charm or to unite. And so biblically, when you see that somebody is united, that's going to be the same word as charmed, which is odd. But that's Hebrew. That's amazing. There's so few words in Hebrew. They they all kind of mean similar things. And so when I look so, at So charming, when God
2: says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and – It may be that they're charmed. Join – uh become one flesh with his wife, then they have become charmed
1: well, that says to become one flesh i don 't know we 'd have to go back and look one of the ones that I saw was that the people in Israel were standing together, and they were they were it was the word same word okay um but what I get out of that is what do you what, when somebody says they 've charmed something usually it 's like they 've enchanted something right that it has been imbued with a magical property. OK, that's the idea. And gotcha. so it's to unite so it's something to united a
2: with a magical property.
1: So, yeah. And we'll, we'll come back and we'll kind of we'll talk about some examples of these things. And mid-legary. magic,
2: would that be anything that's contrary to nature, anything that operates in a way that you wouldn't expect it to
1: operate? We'll, we'll have to get to that because here's the problem is the Bible's kind of unclear on the issue. And so you kind of have to use context clues and that's what makes it difficult to kind of talk about some of this. Okay. But this is, I think we're going to find that this is a really difficult thing to talk about in ways because it's confusing. And that's why I'm like, we need to hash this out because so many people are like, witchcraft, it's evil. And I'm like, what even is witchcraft in the Bible? Yeah. Um, and people generally can't give you that answer. They just tell you what witchcraft is today. Right. And it's like, well, wait, yeah, but are they the same thing? Like, and that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Um, so that's to charm, uh, divination or soothsaying, um, that's seeking input from a God through signs. A God
2: or a spirit, a demon.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Right. From from something, right? That you you are asking something else to give you input. But you know that it is not God, God the Father. <sighs> that seems to be the way it is conveyed in the book of Deuteronomy. Okay.
2: Because they go to God all the time. And that's my point. <laughs> and
1: that's my point. And we're gonna see that about most of these. Okay. Is like most of these things that are condemned christians do throughout the bible
2: but they do it with but god. they do
1: it with god and not some other gotcha. thing and so i'm sitting here going well wait is it about the th- doing that or is it about who you go to for that okay you see what i'm saying yeah okay. very much so so you've got because uh, okay if you want to just knock them out as we go down we can talk about the examples of where they're done poorly and where they're done well okay charming um what's a bad time when something's charmed for the worse is anything ever cursed biblically, like in a bad way? I'm sure. R- regardless, there there are examples I can think of of good people doing this. Right. Is it Paul that when the rags touch him, that then when they go out and they yeah, touch other yeah, people, yeah, now yeah. the people are healed. Now those
2: people are healed. Moses' staff, yeah, is
1: charmed with right. the power of God. Right. Right.
2: The prophet, um, he's at a distance. From uh, the, uh, he hears that the son of the Shulamite woman has died. And he gives his, kind of his butler, his his uh, aide, his staff. And he says, you can run a lot faster than I can. Run ahead and lay the
1: staff on the child. Right. And so that's power from God right but it's a charm but it's so it's good because it's from god but charming i guess the take that i get on this and I, and and hopefully the listener can like look through each of these and kind of see where i'm coming from on this but it seems like magic or like witchcraft or something is when we are seeking power for our own gain gotcha. or our own power or our own ability and we we ask that from like these extra dimensional forces from these spirits from these gods from the you know little g gods not not right, right. big yeah. big g god um, demons whatever you want to call them um or i think it can also be people claiming that they have power when they really don't okay. claiming i have this magical power when really they're just lying to people right. and fooling them um but it's always with like this selfish twist versus god gives people power biblically To do good things with his power to his glory, not our glory. Right. Right. And those people always recognize well, I'm doing this for God. And it's not me, it's from God. Right. But he's given me this responsibility. Oh, Daniel.
2: When the when the king comes to Daniel and says, "Interpret this dream," and Daniel says, "I can't," and that's the divi- but my God can't.
1: That's divination, right? Like he's looking. He's oh wow, lo- it is. Well, yeah. he's looking at the dream. It's also interpreting signs that he's taking the dream and he's saying, "I can't do this, but my God can," and so he takes it to God and he interprets it. Wow. But there's also times where it says and Daniel interpreted the dream. So yeah. is it Daniel or is it God? Well, it's God, but he's doing it through, through Daniel. Daniel. Right? right. Right? But it's not for Daniel's purposes and okay. it's not for Daniel's gain. It's because he knows the glory of God and he knows the glory of the one true God. I love it. Um don't seek mediums and spirits. Um this is You know, those who connect the living to spirits, that's what a medium is. That if you go to a medium and you say, I want to contact my dead son or my dead daughter, then they will supposedly put you in contact with the spirit of your daughter or son. Now, biblically, we are are told that when we seek the dead, we're not really communing with the dead. We're communicating with these demons or spirits, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ouija boards would be seeking spirits. Or okay. A, okay. the board is the medium. Yeah, you are using the board as a medium between you and and a spirit, right? Um, I can't necessarily think of any times this happens biblically in an okay fashion.
2: No, I was just trying to think of that too. I, I this might be one that it's just flat out a no no,
1: right? And the one time I can think that it does work is when Saul goes to the witch of Endor and wants to contact Samuel. (laughs) Right. And Samuel, it says that the witch saw a god come up out of the ground. Right. And she
2: was terrified. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now, we've talked about this before, that the word god just means spirit. Right. 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 And so Samuel comes up out of the ground and immediately starts condemning Saul because he is not supposed to be trying to contact the dead. (laughs) And so it's like it works God allows the spirit of Samuel to speak to Saul right. to condemn him for to reaching. To continue doing the things
2: that he did when he, was, when he was alive.
1: Right. And so it's like the one case in which it kind of works, it's like. Stop go, doing this. Uh, it doesn't go well why for Saul. De- yeah. yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> he, dies <laughs> he
2: dies a chapter later.
1: He dies a chapter later. And it says he died because he did not seek the ways of the Lord. He consulted mediums. Oh, wow. I forget where that verse is. Look it up. But it actually says Saul died because <laughs> like it goes on to mention that account. That is incredible. Um, Witchcraft. This one's really tough. Because I dug and I dug and I dug and I could not find an explanation of what witchcraft is. But when you read it in the context, it seems to be just maybe a blanket term for tapping into demonic power. Okay. Okay. Which is – that's never good. That's never okay. Right? But on the flip side – and sorry, and I'll kind of put this in uh, as well, that um, ones who conjure spells, that's another – That's another category that's condemned. I think you have to equate spells to tapping into demonic power. Okay. Right? It's doing something outside of the natural it's supernatural act.
2: Now did you tell me at one point that the Greek word for witchcraft is like pharmacopoeia?
1: okay, so that is used at some point, but it's not every time. Okay. There are times when witchcraft gets equated to pharmacopoeia, which is the use of drugs for hallucinogenic okay. effects. Okay. So basically, yeah, if you're tripping on mushrooms to some degree, that's not a witchcraft. Good thing. <laughs> yeah, so that is condemnable. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah, Ayahuasca. that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. DMT whatever. Um yeah, that's not good. That that's I think you could equate that biblically to witchcraft. Um, but this one's kind of difficult, again, because while witchcraft is tapping into this power from something that isn't God, once again, we see like uh, a friend of mine just sent me a, a podcast yesterday about um, how Moses was a wizard. And it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek little title yeah. but they were they were laughing they were like well what happens in the court in Egypt in Pharaoh's court is a wizard's duel between Moses and the sorcerers and the sorcerers are tapping into power from something demonic while God has granted Moses the ability to perform these supernatural acts and we can try and get away from the fact that Moses had anything to do with it. oh well, it was just God doing it well yeah it was God doing it through Moses Right. So, what was Moses doing? Well, he was a conduit of God's power to perform something supernatural. I'm not going to call it wizardry. I'm not going to call it witchcraft. It's not because it's from God. But witchcraft is when you try to do that from anything other than God. And I think the other thing sure. is, is I don't think we should like beg God to to like give us power either. Yeah. I don't think that's good either. Yeah, Because I think there's a difference in asking God for, like, make me powerful versus, Lord, please heal this person. Right, Lord, please right. give them a sign that they need to know you. Lord, please. And if he chooses to do that through you in some miraculous way, then that's great. But I think that's different than but you performing it. a religious right. rite so you then have magical power.
2: So this thing with Moses, uh, you kind of get the same thing with uh, Elijah. Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Yes, and Mark sir. Carmel.
1: Yep. Yep. And and he's making fun of them. I mean, oh. it's, a, it's like another little wizard. And it's a flat deal, out right?
2: challenge. Yeah. It's well, a duel.
1: Because here's the deal. Even if it's – you can say, OK, well, it's not Elijah performing any kind of thing. He right. doesn't really do anything. Right. But he sure sets the stage. And how is that different than a witch setting up a ritual? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it's the exact same <laughs> thing. It's I'm going to set the stage and say, now you act. Because that's what a witch does with a demon. They set – they make – Things exactly how they need to be. They set up their little magical rite the way it needs to be set. And then they wait for the demon or spirit or whatever God they assume they're speaking to to act. So how is that different than Elijah saying, "Okay, you go do this and I'm going to go do this and my God's going to act. And your God is a phony and he's not going (laughs) to do anything. It's different because it's glorifying the Lord God. It's not. Right. A personal glorification. Right. And you're not communing with demons. You're not communing with... Now, here's the deal. I'm not saying you should go out and do these things. Right. But we can't condemn what Elijah did. It was good. Oh, yeah. So what do you do with that is my question. I'm saying this is grayer than we make it. (laughs) There is something more to this. When things are done to the glory of God, they're good. That's not witchcraft. That's not magic. That's not Because you're not confessing to do it. Right. God is. Um. Earlier, we were thinking about, we were talking about divination and seeking input from God. Yeah. David, when he's in Kyla, because the city of Kyla, because he's running from Saul, he goes to God and he says, are they going to hand me over to Saul? And God says, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> how is that different? He went to God to right. explain to him what was going to happen. In fact, God part of the book,
2: it. I think a whole chapter of the book of Leviticus is how to go about asking divination from God.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Uh, using the ephods, you're using the Urim and the thumum, the, the two six-sided die.
1: Right. And so you've got that happening while simultaneously being told, don't do divination. Right. How do you make sense of that other than it's who you divine? Right. It's, it's who you're going to for the divination. Are you going to God or are you trusting in some, some spirit that is not God? Yeah. And that's the difference. Um. You come down here to uh, one uh, sorcerers, sorcerers seem to be um, those who claim magical power, whether they have it or not. Um, But even if they do have it, it's not coming from God. It's coming from some demonic entity. Right. But do you know who's referred to as a sorcerer? Jesus. When we look at the extra biblical accounts. Yep of jesus's legitimacy there are accounts that talk about the sorcerer from israel right uh joshua, joshua son of ben joseph, joseph. Yeah. yeah which is jesus yeah saying that he is a sorcerer so my point is jesus was perceived by the people of his time as a sorcerer for performing the miracles that he performed interesting but they were of god yeah, not yeah. The, the Pharisees look at Jesus and say, you performed that from the devil. That, right. The power of Beelzebub. Right. But Jesus gets mad and says, no, I did this by the power of God. And you should know that by seeing what I've done, you know? And so like clearly there's an element of it that's similar, but it's different because it's of God and not these demonic entities. Um, you go to necromancers, those who call up the dead. Jesus calls up the dead. Jesus calls up Lazarus and raises him from the dead. Paul lays on the body of the boy that falls out of the window and raises him from the dead. And that power doesn't come from Paul and it doesn't come from Jesus. Jesus asks God to do it. And Paul puts his faith in God and God does it. But how is that? They are raising a person to life from the dead through the power of God, not through necromantic demonic powers and then wizards those who have a familiar spirit a familiar spirit being they have the spirit of a demon attached to them a, a an unclean spirit a fallen son of god attached to them right and that's how they do the things they do well we have the holy spirit are we all wizards because we <laughs> have the spirit of god you see what i'm saying like there's a difference and there's a, a likeness and so what i'm saying is When you go to anybody but God for supernatural intervention, that's that's bad. bad. (laughs) When you go to God and say, Lord, please intervene, we never say that's bad. That's always good. But in a lot of ways, that meets the biblical explanation of witchcraft, except for we go to God while they go to the devil. Yeah. Isn't that that wild?
2: So it's not so much the thing itself it's what you bring to it it's, it's, it's what you want from it what you want from it
1: and it's who you go to for it right right
2: there's a little uh, short story in uh the book of acts paul and barnabas i think are on the isle of cyprus uh or crete crete they're on the isle of crete and uh there